Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And one of my big passions is education, especially around the age, uh, you know, our, our kids. We have three kids who are five and under, and we're currently world schooling them. And we have actually a subject matter expert on the show today. She's the founder of Project World School, and her name is Lainey. Uh, so Lainey's going to be sharing all about her uh, business called Project World School and some tips for traveling parents on how they can best school their children. So Lainey, to start off with, why don't we hear a little bit more about yourself, your background, and your uh, passion for travel. Absolutely. So the first thing is I respond with this big question mark when somebody introduces me as an expert. Um, that kind of blows me away. However, my son and I started traveling. We just started our ninth year of travel. Hey! <laughs> I'm saying hi to your, your child. <laughs> anyway, we started um, June, I'm sorry, July 1st, 2009. Um, what happened was I was business owner in California and for almost 20 years I worked in branding marketing um, advertising and in 2008 the economy crashed in California and it was was basically life-changing I was stressed overworked and when the economy crashed at the end of the year of 2008 I knew I wasn't gonna bring my my staff back and so I remember sitting with my son in the office um, one night and he said to me, Mom, you're always working, you're stressed, you never spend any time with me, and a light bulb went off. And I knew that change was coming. And I knew that I had the opportunity to actually make a change for the positive. And I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore. I was stressed and overworked. And now as a single parent, my child is telling me that I don't spend any time with him. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing all of this for you. There's something wrong here. So I said to him, Muriel, what do you, what do you think about if we just sell everything and we go have an adventure? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. He wasn't quite 10 yet. He was nine years old, and it was the very thing that he wanted to hear from me. So it took us about six months, and we decided to sell everything or give it away, and we put a few little things into storage, and we took off for what was supposed to be a one-year trip. And I figured at that point, you know, I'd go back to work and we'd come back to the States, but it didn't happen. We were about eight months into our travels, and together we decided to continue our travels. And so that's what happened. Um, again, going back to you introducing me as an expert, I'm absolutely not. I am a mom, just like everybody else who has kids, you know, who, who, the, who my biggest concern was creating this relationship and this, and, and not misget on my son's childhood. And so I, like any parent, took the logical steps based on the information that was in front of me and the opportunities that were there and said, how, how, how can I be present in my life and my son's life and no longer have him say to me, mom, you never spend any time with me. So travel um, was one way of doing it. It wasn't the big intention. It was 
the opportunity that presented itself. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about world schooling and education and how traveling down that path or the path that we decided to take together changed my life and changed the way that we look at education and changed the way that we approach life. So it's, 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 all, it's all part of the story, um, but a big part of it has to do with trust. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, a, a great story there about how you left it all and uh, you decided just to travel for one year. Like most of us, I'm actually uh, with my kids on a one-year adventure now, and uh, I, I'm kind of leaning to traveling more as well. And I think most one-years, one-yearers, end up traveling for much, 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 much longer. Uh, so tell us about uh, some of your travels so far. I mean, uh, you left the U.S., and uh, where have you been in terms of cities, countries, and continents? <laughs> okay, well, I can tell you. Um, well, we started off in Mexico. We st our intention was to take one year, we're from California, and head south. We were going to go to Mexico and, and travel through all the Central American countries, and then eventually head through South America, and then end up in Argentina. So we just started our ninth year, and we still haven't made it to Argentina. So we travel really, really slow. And part, I mean, there's so many things that happened to us during not only the first year of travel, but over the last eight years. But I'm just going to kind of give you, like, four basic things. And this has changed our lives and our philosophy entirely. The first one is we learned to slow down. We slowed way, 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 way down. And that allowed us to become present in our own lives and in each other. So being an attachment, single parent, following attachment parenting, those were the foundations that we used as the strength to be able to do this. And so everything that my son and I decided to do, we decided together in partnership. We took a partnership paradigm approach, and we do that with, I did that with parenting, I did that with travel, and we did that with education. But I'll get back to that. So the first one was to slow down. The second one was, before we started off, we decided that we were going to say yes to everything. Our lives were going to be on a completely positive, <laughs> yes, trusting everything um, path. So Miro would say to, my son's name is Miro, he would say to me, Mom, um, let's stay in this channel a little bit longer. Yes. Without questioning it, our default was yes. Or some, we would meet somebody in a cafe and they would say, would you like to come home and have dinner with our family? We would say yes. And so by having that as our agreed upon um, uh, default, life started to unfold mag magically. Along with that, I mean, came stuff like trusting our intuition and being clear about safety and also personal needs. But the, the foundation was say yes. So that was number two. The third one was um, question everything. And that, to us, um, not only became a game and something that we can do between us, we can look at the world around us and not only 
question those baseline beliefs that we had about life, what we should be doing, that fell into our, our preconceived ideas about education. Education, at one point, I thought, was something that somebody gave to us. Somebody stood on stage and they educated us, right? You know, the sage on the stage sort of paradigm. But question everything. Is that really what education is? Is that the purpose of education? Do I need to own a house in order to provide a stable um, home? for my son, question everything. And, and the, the answers that started to come up then became my answers, which may not, and many times did not fall within the uh, social norms. And that was okay too. And my son and I started doing that together. Can you imagine a 10 year old, you know, asking about history that he learned in school and saying, but I don't see the people being scary or mean. You know, the idea that the freedom to question everything flowed into every part parts of our lives. So that was say wait, say yes, question everything. There's one more ah the last one that we did is to reframe the phrase, step outside of your comfort zone, because that is kind of overplayed. And stepping out of your comfort zone then places it into a scary place. So what we did is we reframed everything that was outside of our comfort zone, this is what we previously had the relationship to, to us stepping into our stretch zones. So when we went into our stretch zones, we could talk about the degrees of how we felt we were stretching. Were we stretching in a place of, of discomfort? Were we stretching in a place of the unknown? Were we stretching in a place of, of I don't know, fear? And, you know, it gave us a vocabulary to reframe things that may have been scary to something that um, gave us the vocabulary to talk about it and support one another through it. So those, you know, be present, say yes, um, question everything, and uh, your, your comfort zone, we're going to blast that open and call it our stretch zone. So those are the four things that we discovered together on our journey. I love uh, those learning lessons. I think uh, definitely travel uh, teaches us, educates us, inspires us. And I, I love the fact that you've been able to really narrow it down to those four noble truths or the four pillars or the four um, agreements, you know, either the Buddha or the, the, you know, like the, I forget the guy who did the four agreements, but those are your truths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, uh, um, the history of Project World School, uh, when did you start it up and what is the history and vision behind your project? Sure. Um, like I said, we left, we just started our ninth year and at the time my son was just turned 10 years old. And approaching this with the partnership paradigm, um, you know, and, and having these tools and vocabulary to talk about everything that we were going through. Um, what, what I 
you know, didn't know, well, I can't say didn't know, but what I was unprepared to deal with was the onset of adolescence. And what that brought for my son was um, a feeling of, of isolation with our lifestyle. We, he, he was empowered through all the things that we were learning and it had great joy and great love in the path that we had chosen together because remember he's completely empowered we've made everything in 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 partnership all of our decisions were made in partnership so we went somewhere it's because we decided not because i decided to drag him along it's because he made the decision or together i you know, we made this the, the decision together, or he compromised because he chose to compromise to support me in my decision or desire. So everything that we did was really based on his own empowerment. And a lot of kids don't feel that empowered in their own lives, but he did. And when he started to tell me about the feelings of isolation and how it felt not to have a community around him, I, I sat up and took great notice to that and, and listened to his words very carefully. Right around the same time, we were invited to speak at our first conference in the United States, and it was an unschooling conference, and, and people were interested in how we combined the unschooling uh, principles to travel, and, and um, we were presenting together for the very first time what this looked like. And that was the first time Miro met a group of kids his age that were also out-of-the-box thinkers, that also were empowered in their own lives, that um, were also as little, yeah, a little crazy like him, too, that were not in school, that were, you know, feeling empowered in their lives. And that was the first time he had a real, true sense of community. And he ran around all week with these, you know, teens and made some really close connections and, and, and said to me, as we were on the plane coming back to Peru, because we had a base in Peru at the time, he said, wow, that was the first time I ever felt like I was in community. Now, at the same time, I'm reading everything I can about alternative education and learning and, and discovering everything surrounding the idea of what it means to be self-directed learner or an unschooled person and what the aspects that are needed. I also started reading about um, teen brain development and what I was starting to learn was that teens require community. This is the time in their lives where the social learning is such a big part and creates a huge impact in their learning. And I asked him, I said, Miro, since you don't want to go back and live, why don't we invite a group of teens to come to us and we live in community with them? And that's what happened five years ago. We invited our first group of teens to Peru. We had our first Project World School retreat. We learned so much about holding a retreat, about uh, hosting teens, about creating community, about social learning, and about experiential learning. And we've been doing it now for five years. We have, the first year we have one group of teens in Peru. The second year we had 
one group of teens in Peru, and then we brought a group of teens to Ecuador. The third year, we brought a group of teens to Peru, Mexico, and we started just to add on more areas until last year, we did five retreats. This year, by the end of the year, we will have done six retreats, and next year we've got seven coming up. So this year we've already done a retreat in South Africa, um, we were in Mexico, we did one in uh, Bali, and we just got out of one in, in um, Peru, in Cusco, in the Sacred Valley, where it all started. And we're heading to Greece and Thailand next. <laughs> I'm sorry, it got Amazing. really loud in here. I'm so sorry. It's all good, all good. Amazing, uh, you, you know, the fact that you started Project uh, World School and now you're doing the retreats, the summit, and much more. Uh, tell us more about how does it work. I mean, uh, uh, do the kids uh, come on their own? Do the parents come with them? Uh, are they sub-sponsored? Do they pay on their own? Uh, what are they learning? If you can kind of walk us through the major learning outcomes. Sure. So with the teen retreats, what happens is the teens fly to us. We try and get them to arrange with other teens coming from uh, similar places around the world, but we meet them at the airport. And our retreats are approximately three to four weeks long, and they are a, it's a temporary learning community. And for many of the teens, it's their first time out of the country, so this is a really big step for them. Um, we do so many things during the retreats um, but, but regardless of where the retreat is being held um, there are some things that are similar for example we always do incredible team building and that's the beginning of the retreat we do team building and lots of the, the activities that we do are practicing saying yes um, uh, how to support other people and hold space for them how to listen how to how how to ask for what you need, that sort of thing. So we create the foundation of community in the beginning of the retreat with these sort of formalized um, team building exercises. Then we're, we're off to having these very immersive learning experiences. And generally, they're not like tourist experiences, but they do have some. I mean, for example, you know, in, in Peru, you have to go to Machu Picchu, which I would say is quite um, touristic, <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's also historic and it's academic in the sense where we're questioning the history and we're looking at it from all these different points of view. One of the things that we really focus on is worldviews. And as a group, we start looking at how different people in different situations look at the same situation differently. So for example, a good example is during our Ecuador retreat, we were doing um, conservation on the coast of Ecuador. And it was basically a marine biology retreat. But again, all of this is experiential learning. So we worked a couple days with the conservationists, and they have one point of view. Then we worked with the children that, that live there, the local kids that are in poverty, um, that are looking at the ocean as completely a totally different perspective. Then we're identifying what our own perspectives are as a and then finally, we're working with the fishermen who are looking at the ocean as a, as a place to feed their families, as, as a way to make um, a living. And so 
we're not deciding if one of these is right. We're having the openness to question a very cynical, most of the time, um, perspective that is from a single point and making space for all of these points of views or, or worldviews to live together in harmony. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of discussion and it takes a lot of trust. But when you've got a group of teens together having this incredible experience, they're bringing their perspectives, they're bringing their ideas, and when you've created a very trusting environment for them to be who they are and actually ask their opinions, it's, it's, it's like magic happens. It's, it's incredible. So regardless of the actual activities that we do, like obviously South Africa looked very different than Bali, then looked very different than Cusco and, and Peru or Mexico, right? I mean, all, or, or we did a retreat on an organic farm in Wales, like that looked completely different than all the rest. But regardless, we always have this foundation of, we do our nighttime circles, we do our team building, we do, there's, there's some leadership activities that happen, and then the reflection. And then pushing and pushing and questioning and, and reflection, right? So all the things that my son and I learned together, they saying yes, the question, everything, we bring all that into our retreats. So that, I mean, that's, that's a basic kind of structure of what the retreats look like, um, but each one looks so different. And the great thing is we've done, this is like our fifth year now, we have had... 70 to 80 percent of the kids that come on one retreat they come to more than one that's high so we get to create this relationship with with the kids that are on our retreats and they create friendships with the other teams and it's really 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 amazing there's tons of, of um, testimonials video testimonials on our website you should read them or, or not read listen watch them and get inspired they're, they're so great Awesome. I mean, just hearing you talk about them is very inspiring and, uh, you know, uh, it makes me want to send my kids uh, when they're teenagers to one of your uh, retreats. It'll still be a ways away because my daughter hasn't entered elementary school. She's only five, but, uh, you know, next eight, eight, ten years. <laughs> it's coming up. It goes it so fast. It is. It, it does. So, Lainey, uh, you also do a summit uh, just for parents uh, in Mexico. Uh, tell us more about the origin of that summit and uh, what are the major themes and topics you guys cover there. Sure. So, um, the summit is actually for families. This will be our third Project World School Family Summit. Um, we've had over 500 people join us for this summit. It's a gigantic conference style gathering where families in all stages of world schooling come and meet up with other families and they realize they're not crazy <laughs> because that's the big thing we feel when we're out there traveling that that our decisions are crazy right we, we've gone against the norm um, we feel like people are our family a lot of our family are judging us we feel like I don't get it yeah. and then you know <laughs> and so we, we create a place that we can all come together and we have sessions on on different topics so the topics that we talk about are education uh, and learning um, being a world schooler is all-inclusive. 
what that means is you can go to school and still be considered a world schooler and use the, the education system. You could be an unschooler and, and travel and still be considered a world schooler. You could be an expat and move to another country and put your kids in school there and still be considered a world schooler. Whatever branch or whatever mode of education you choose, you're welcome, you're welcome. And, and the summit creates a place for all, us to come together and discuss what's working and what's not working and where we need support. And, and you know, it gives us, uh, you know, like the teens have during the retreats, it gives us the foundation to bounce ideas off of others that are doing the same thing. So we talk about education during the summits. We talk about um, strategies. We'd be great at this for location independence. We talk about, um, you know, business location independence, nomading. We talk about health and wellness, including mental health and family issues and, and, and you know, communication, all of that stuff. And we talk about travel. <laughs> so those are the things that we talk about. We create uh, sessions and all of the expertise comes from within our community, so we don't bring in speakers from, you know, the expert speaker, which I am not, by the way. I'm not an expert. I'm just a mom, you know, <laughs> who's been doing this maybe longer than some people. Um, but what I do have is experience to share. I, you know, expertise. I'm only an expert in my life, and I'm already doing it, so... I don't know if that's going to help anybody else, you know, because my life, you know, can only be led by me, and you know, so I look at it, I frame it very differently. Um, I think that as a community, we are strong, and I think it's an incredible opportunity um, to be able to empower families so they can meet in real life with other traveling families and go have a, a, a you know. Uh, an adventure together, whether it's a day trip around the, you know, where the um, summit's being held or make plans for the future. Whatever works is fine. I just think within community, we are strong, and I've learned that. And my son was the teacher of that, so, yeah. So, it, for me, my joy is working with the teens, um, but I can take a little bit of what I've discovered with in the last five years working with teens and bring that to help facilitate community so people can facilitate themselves, empower themselves. That's really what it's about. Amazing. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if they'll be in that area, but I would uh, love to take part in the future. I think we'll be still in the South America region, which is not too far from Mexico. We'll see what happens. Uh, Lainey, um, you know, there, there might be some parents who are watching this who are still in their hometown and considering this uh, radical lifestyle, uh, you know, uh, full-time travel, being a digital nomad, world schooling, unschooling, self-directed learning, and they don't know where to start. What would you tell that parent who's watching, listening right now, who's feeling overwhelmed? Wow. Doesn't know where to begin. There are so many resources online. Um, I would start reading. I would start just devouring everything that you could in terms of what feels right to you. I won't tell anybody 
how to choose an educational path. Some people feel that structure is good. Some people feel that freedom is good. And I'd say get clear as to what works and feels good for you and your family. I can tell you what worked for my family and I can tell you the reasons why it worked. But I would say start reading. And then once you decide that you want to try a specific modality, whether it's unschooling or whether it's some sort of structured homeschooling or whether it's becoming an expat and putting your kid in, in a public school somewhere so they can have that cultural immersion. Do it and then find yourself a group, either an online group um, or an email group to create some community around yourself. Um, I host a, world, uh, a Facebook group and it's called World Schoolers and I think there are 31,000 people in it now. It's, I cannot believe how quickly this movement has grown over the last five or six years. But there is great interest. Um, I work really, really hard to help facilitate a, a very loving, supportive space there. Um, so if you're interested in the Facebook group, I invite you to join that too. We also have uh, spin-off groups, like there's a, a World Schoolers talking about location independent and nomading or unschooling or one just for single parents you know so there's quite a few little subgroups that that can help you find more of that intimate connection that you may be looking for but the world schoolers group is a really great place to look the other thing that i've been doing for the last two and a half years is i've been hosting a show an internet show online um, and it's called For the Love of Learning, Voices of the Alternative Education Movement. And the website is fortheLovingShow.com. And they're all on YouTube. Um, there's over 100 episodes, and they're two-hour conversations with panelists about all these different modalities. So there's there's schools about, I mean, there's shows about world schooling and unschooling, but there's shows about all different aspects of alternative education, like parenting, uh, attachment, um, uh, what it's like being a principal in a school, you know, those sorts of things, homeschooling, um, all, you know, from all the different aspects. There's so many episodes there. So if you're interested in, in exploring the different modalities or the different aspects of the different modalities of alternative education, uh, the reason why I do that show is to put this free resource online so it's there for anybody who's interested. So there's that. And yeah, <laughs> you know, I would just say, um, just, just empower yourself. You, the moment you start questioning everything, questioning what is the purpose of education? If, if, if I'm to believe that education is to prepare my child for the future, then I'm going to want to prepare them for a future that is current versus a, putting them in a school system that was designed 150 years ago. I want to make sure that he... Under, my child understands and has the practice of making decisions. I want to, I want my child to know the world. And to me, those are the points that I want to give my, you know, the, the, those are the preparations. And in fact, I don't want to prepare him for life in the future. I want him to start practicing now. So that's why I made the decisions that I made. And I made those decisions um, in, you know, 
hand in hand with my my son, who was part of the decision making process too. So do what feels good to you and find support, find community. <laughs> yeah, you've done a great job. I'm part of that big one, and I'm also part of uh, several of the smaller ones as well. And it's an incredible learning uh, support network, community building uh, network. So I highly, highly, highly recommend you get into those Facebook groups. Uh, so, Lainey, to end off with, if people wanted to find out more about yourself, about your travels, about, about the summit, and about anything else to do with world schooling, how can they reach out to you? Sure. You can go to Project World School. And that's where you can find information about the team retreats. From there, you can get linked to the website for the uh, Project World School Family Summit. And that is just worldschoolfamilysummit.com. <laughs> um, if you want to read where it all started, um, I started a blog when we first started traveling, and it was called, it is called raisingyourroad.com. And that's basically the reason why I started the World Schoolers group because people were asking me, they were sending me emails and emails asking me questions about, well, you know, where do I go in this country? And my answer was, I don't know, I've only been to the countries that I've been to. Why don't we get together and, and use the wisdom of a community? Maybe there's somebody who has been there. We can all support one another. And there was... Well, I didn't start the World Schoolers group. It was a group that started by somebody before me, but it, there were only 200 people in it when I took it over. It was a dormant group, and that was five years ago. Like I said, there's 31,000 people in it now. So the World Schoolers group is a great place to find me, RaisingMiro.com, if you want to read some of our, our blog posts um, and, and watch Miro grow up. Um, he's, he's grown up now. <laughs> and Project World School and WorldSchoolFamilySummit.com is another place you can find more information about the summit. Awesome, and I'll have all those links below. If you're watching on YouTube, they'll be in the YouTube uh, description, and if you're listening on iTunes, they'll be on the show notes. Uh, so thanks again for your time over there in Peru, and I look forward to crossing paths. So we almost crossed paths in Southern Africa, but unfortunately, we just kind of went that direction. We almost crossed paths here in South America, but I think we might miss each other. So I'm sure we'll connect not only through this technology, but in person soon as well. I hope so, and I really hope you come to the Family Summit. We would love to hear your stories there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, definitely highly recommend, you know, again, once again, to uh, check out uh, Lenny's uh, multiple business ventures, including the retreats, the summit, Project World School, and much more. Uh, so thanks again for your time. Happy travels, and we'll come with you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Vision Woman Mastery, the podcast and the video cast, where we teach you a lot of things, including how to make money, how to school your kids. Uh, so make sure you leave us a review. We'll catch you in the next episode.